All right, if you will, take your Bibles to the Gospel according to John chapter number 14. And we're going to read verses 1 through verse number 10. And the title of the message is Help for Heart Trouble. John chapter number 14 and beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you for your word. And Father, I ask you right now in the sweet name of Jesus Christ that you would empty me of myself, cleanse me of my sin, and fill me with your spirit. God, would you set a a seal upon my mouth that I would say everything that should be said and that I would not say anything that I ought not to say. God, we serve notice today down in hell that Satan is a defeated foe. And we declare that Jesus Christ is King, Conqueror, the Lord and Savior of mankind. And God, we ask that you bless the time that we have in the Word of God. Would you bless the people of God? God, would you send revival to our nation? God, would you turn our hearts back to you? Would you rekindle love in our heart toward you for your Word and for the church. God, we thank you that in 2021, the church is still essential and Jesus still saves. God, would you bring healing and help to our nation? In Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Jesus here is preparing his disciples for his betrayal and for his trial and for his crucifixion. And as he prepares his disciples, they're hearing things that they aren't too pleased with. They have left everything to follow Jesus Christ. They have left their families. They have left their business. They have left their income and their livelihood. They have left what reputation they had, and they have followed this man named Jesus Christ. They had been faithful to follow Jesus for just over a period of three years. Jesus had been the target of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the lawyers. Jesus was the talk of the community, not not only negatively, but at times positively the topic of discussion. 
Every time Jesus was rejected, the disciples felt that rejection. Every time Jesus was mocked, the disciples felt the same mocking. They had ate with Jesus. They had lodged with Jesus. They had traveled with Jesus. They had been sent out to preach the kingdom. They had been given power to heal all manner of disease. They had been given authority to trample Satan under their feet. They had seen Jesus change people's lives. They had witnessed the blind receiving Sight. They had witnessed the lame walking and the lepers cleanse. They had witnessed the dead brought back to life. They had seen and tasted the powers of Jesus Christ. And now Jesus was telling them that they were about to be tried. They were going to be proven. And the disciples, they were troubled at what Jesus was teaching. You know, sometimes our walk with Jesus doesn't turn out like we thought that it would. Sometimes we have a false preconceived idea. We have a faulty understanding of what it's like to be a Christian. And when we give our life to Jesus, the day that we're saved and born again and sealed by the Spirit of God, the reality is we really don't know what our life calling and the journey is going to be like and sometimes we have in our mind that it's going to be six flags over Jesus or a tiptoe through the tulips or a rendezvous in a bed of roses and we don't realize that there is also promised persecution and suffering and difficulty and hardships along the way he tells us that we shouldn't be afraid because He'll be with us always, even unto the end of the age, that He would never leave us nor forsake us. And we're living in a day and an hour where many of God's children are full of fear and their hearts are troubled because we're facing things as a society, politically, medically, socially, economically. Um, we are facing things that... Many of us really didn't believe that we would be here to face. Many of us have really hoped that Jesus would have already returned and called the church out of here. But the reality is that we're still here and Jesus still has a purpose and a mission for the local New Testament church. And that mission is to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth. Jesus has left us here not to hide in caves and bury our head in the sand. He has not left us here to hide in the four walls of our churches, but He has called us to go into the highways and the hedges and to compel the lost, the lame, the unrighteous, and the sinner to compel them to come in to the kingdom of God. And to give them the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ came into the world. And Jesus bore the sin of the world. And He carried the sin of the world up to Calvary. And He hung on a cross between two thieves. And there on the cross Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath. Jesus satisfied the judgment of God upon Sinners, 
And he tasted death for every man and he suffered death for every man. And he was taken off that cruel cross and laid in a borrowed tomb. And when the sisters came on that early morning of the third day to anoint his, spi his body with spices, they saw the stone rolled away. And when they looked in, Jesus was gone. Why was Jesus gone? Because he had risen from the dead. And when he came out of the tomb, he had the keys to death hell and the grave and he has taken the stinger out of death and even though we die we shall live again because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. I do pray that you have experienced salvation, that you have experienced the forgiveness of sin, that you have experienced the witness of the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you, that you have experienced the sweetness of fellowship with Jesus Christ. But even though you've experienced all that, there's still trouble in this life. Job said it this way, that a man's days are few and full of trouble. We see here Jesus is comforting his disciples in John chapter number 14. Let me give you a few principles that Jesus Christ gave to his disciples. And I believe that every Christian can find help in times of uncertainty. and They can find help in time of trouble. By considering these truths that Jesus mentioned to his troubled disciples. Number one, I want you to see this. Jesus said that he is a reliable person. In verse 1 and 2, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He's telling his disciples, You trust God, trust me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus is telling his fearful disciples, his timid followers, the very ones he would use to turn the world upside down, he's telling them that he is reliable, that if something was not true, that he would have never told them. If there was a promise that he made. He will deliver on his promise. The first principle that you and I need to stand upon in times of uncertainty and in times of difficulty and in times of trouble and fear is that Jesus Christ is reliable. Jesus never made a promise that he does not intend to keep. Jesus has not brought you or me this far to abandon us now. Jesus is true to His Word. He is true to His church. He is faithful and true. We can count on the words of Jesus Christ in times of trouble. In Luke chapter number 23 and verse 4, notice what Pilate says at this trial that Jesus endured. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Pilate had examined Jesus Christ and he found no fault in Jesus Christ. 
and still today in 2021. I've been following Jesus Christ. I've been serving Jesus Christ. I've been seeking after Jesus Christ for almost 20 years. And even today I can stand and I can say I've found no fault in Jesus Christ. I remember the first person that I was influential in leading them to faith in Jesus Christ after my own salvation was my brother, Zach Smith. And I began witnessing to Zach and inviting Zach to Bible study. And I began setting my mind and my heart to pray that Zach would be brought to a tender place, a broken place, so that he may hear the gospel, that he may see the claims of Jesus Christ, and that God would do a miracle in his life, and that he would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God, God did that work in Zach's life. And I remember some months after Zach had received Jesus Christ into his life, he made this statement. He said, there's a whole lot more to Jesus Christ than I ever realized. And I've committed my life to following Jesus until I find fault with Him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to deliver this good news to you today. I just spoke to my brother Zach on the telephone yesterday, and some 18 years later, he's still following Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's found no fault in Jesus Christ. When the mountains crumble to the sea and the sun shines no more, we can count on the reliable person of Jesus Christ. He will never let you down. He never fails. And we can rejoice today that Jesus Christ never fails. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 21, the Bible says, For He hath made Him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, He was tempted on all points even as we are tempted and he was without sin. See, Jesus has never lied. He has never done wrong. Jesus Christ is reliable. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for Jesus Christ to tell a lie. Jesus has never lied, and He never will lie. He says, you believe in God, then believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm glad today that Jesus Christ is reliable. You can trust Jesus Christ. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will hear you when you pray. He is an on-time God. Ask Mary and Martha. They thought that Jesus was four days later and they brought an accusation against Jesus. But Jesus shows us that when He seems to be late, He's still on time. He can reverse the decaying, dead, stinking body of Lazarus. Listen, there's nothing too far from the long arm reach of God. He is able to save and He is able to do the impossible. When it seems like the night is too far spent, it's not too late for 
Jesus Christ. When it seems like the marriage is down the drain, it is not too late for Jesus Christ. He is a reliable person. If you're troubled in your heart today and, and the uncertain times are troubling you, remember this, Jesus is reliable. Number two, I want you to see this. He tells his disciples uh, that heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Look what he says in verse number two. He says, um, I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, Jesus Christ died some 2,021 years ago. 40 days after his resurrection, we see in the book of Acts that Jesus ascended back to heaven where the Bible has declared emphatically that he sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father. And Jesus right now is somewhere. The Bible says he is in the third heaven. The Bible tells us that Jesus is in a glorified material body that he has nail prints in his hands and prints in his feet and a print in his side. That right now Jesus' glorified foot is walking on a street of gold. That right now Jesus Christ exists. That he is in a real place called heaven. Everyone that you know and everyone that I know that has died saved, died trusting Jesus Christ, died knowing the free pardon of sin. The Bible says about those that have already died in Jesus that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right now, everyone that we know that has left planet earth, that has been saved, they are in a real place right now. They're in a real place called heaven. Jesus is there. The streets of gold are there. The walls of jasper are there. The gates of pearl are there. There is a crystal sea. There is a throne and there is a rainbow around that throne. And right now, there are real people in a real heaven and they're beholding the face of a real living Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that heaven is a real place. Satan will lie to you. Satan will tell you that the world is too far gone. That, that God is not in control and that Jesus is not coming back. And many will try to tell you where is his coming? Where is your Savior? Where is your God? But remember this. Heaven is a real place. And my friends were going to that heaven one day and one day our faith will be sight and one day this earth will lose its grip and its gravitational hold on us and we'll shoot through the sky faster than a rocket faster than speeding light we'll be here we'll be gone out of here in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be with the Lord always and I want you to know one day we'll, we'll realize that heaven is a real place the Bible says in Luke chapter number 23, verse 42 and verse 43. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou, when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. There was a man hanging beside Jesus Christ on the cross. And this dying thief with a dying breath, with a dying soul, 
cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, will you remember me? And Jesus said, look, today we're going to a real place. Today we're going to paradise. I want you to know this. This world is not your home. This world has, is a fallen world. You and I live in a fallen body. And because sin has entered this world, it has tainted this world. It has blurred this world. It has marred this world. And listen, we live in a fallen world, but look, we're passing through this world. We look for a city whose builder and maker is God. We look for a, 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 an inheritance uh, in the heavens. It's incorruptible, it's undefiled, and it fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Listen, no matter how bad it gets down here on planet earth, no matter what the news pumps out through media, no matter what Facebook, no matter what Instagram, no matter what the prophets of our day say, no matter what the White House does, no matter what the hospitals look like, even though the funeral homes are full, we need to remember that we're going to a real place. Sometimes the only thing that gets me through this life is knowing I'm headed to a better home, a place where there is no more suffering, a place where there is no more sickness. Heaven is a place. There is no more sorrow. There is no more death. There is no more sin. I'm so glad that we're going to a place where there is no hospital and there are no funeral homes. I, I'm so thankful there is no pharmacy in heaven. I'm glad that one day we're going to a real place. Let that get deep on the inside of us today and encourage us that heaven is a real place. Look, not only did He comfort His disciples that He is a reliable person and heaven is a real place, He gave them a reassuring promise. Look what the Bible says in verse number 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Jesus tells His disciples, I'm going to come again. Jesus gives us that same reassuring promise today. Sometimes the road gets tough. Sometimes the mountains seem steep. Sometimes the river seems wide. Turbulence touches us along the way. Grief and sorrow are not strange companions to our lives. Heartache, difficulty, and bad news is nothing new to the child of God. And sometimes along the way we get weary and we get discouraged and we begin sometimes to wonder, has God forgot about us? Has God forgot about His promise? When is Jesus coming? How much longer will He leave me in my trial? How much longer will He forbear as sin runs rampant across our land? As babies are murdered in the womb daily? As we see murder happening in our streets on the evening news? As children starve all across this globe? as children are neglected and abused by those that should love them. We sometimes wonder, where is the Lord? 
Brother and sister, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness. But He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Jesus has made a promise that He will come again. And Jesus will be true to that promise. And there is coming a day that it will be the last day that we ask, Where is the Lord? Because He'll be coming one day and one day very soon. We see here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16, 17, and 18. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Acts chapter 7, verse 55 and 56. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looketh up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus Christ standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. We see here that one day Jesus Christ is going to stand up off that throne again just like He did at Stephen's death. And the next time that Jesus stands up off the throne, He's coming back for His bride. He is coming back for His church. He is coming back for you and me, dear child of God. Press on, brother. Press on, sister. It won't be very long till our redemption shows up and carries us away. Jesus is coming again. The Bible tells us that He is coming again. It doesn't matter if it's today or tomorrow or another thousand years. Jesus Christ is coming back for you and He's coming back for me. Jesus says to them, here's a reassuring promise, I will come again. You're suffering your hardship, your sorrow, it's not worthy to compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Your difficulty and your temptation, it's only for a season. It's not forever because our Savior is going to rescue us out of this sin-stricken world. Number four, I want you to see this. We have a real problem. Look what the Bible says in verse 4 and 5. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? There was a problem with the disciples. They didn't know the way. And there's many today across our nation that don't know the way to heaven. It's a real problem. You would think... That in America, everyone would know the way to heaven. If you're not aware, we live in a post-Christian culture. And there's many men, women, boys and girls that don't know the way to heaven. Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus says that He is the way. He's the door. There is no way to heaven than through Jesus Christ. The only way back to the Father, the only way to enter into heaven is to make preparation now to put faith and trust in Jesus Christ to repent of sin and exercise faith toward the finished work of Jesus Christ. You cannot come to the Father by being good. You cannot come to the Father through Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius. You cannot come to the Father through the church, the Catholic church, the Baptist church, the Methodist church. There's only one way, there's only one gate back to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. Now Jesus makes a claim that He's the only way to the Father. Now when a man makes a claim like that, there's only three conclusions. Number one, he's a lunatic. He has lost his mind. He has no idea what he's talking about. That's one conclusion. A second conclusion is this. He's just a liar. He's lying to us. And here's the third conclusion. He's the Lord. Today, brother and sister, I lay before you a choice to make. Do you believe that Jesus is a lunatic? Do you believe that Jesus is a liar? Or do you believe that Jesus is the Lord? And if you believe that He's the Lord, choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord Jesus.